If you were to read off the list of Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series event winners from 2009 on back, it would sound a lot like this. Mike Marler, Victor Lee, Victor Lee, Mike Marler, Mike Marler, Mike Marler, Victor Lee, Victor Lee, and Victor Lee. Okay, we won't bore you with the rest, but you get the point. These two drivers won a lot of races. Victor Lee was dominant on the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series Tour. The Lincoln Leadfoot won three straight championships in 2007, 2008, and 2009. During that stretch alone, he claimed 11 of his 12 Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series event wins, including a series record four straight wins, coming at Brownstown, Tazewell, Ponderosa, and 201 Speedway between May 10th and June 7th of 2008. Of course, then Mike Marler, and then he branches out and became, I mean, he's a, really a national star now, obviously. And that's right, James Essex, of course, Mike Marler, from just down the road in Winfield, Tennessee, the one with 285 career wins, the 2018 World of Outlaws Series champion, the winner of the Cotton Pickin' 100, the multi-time winner of the Knoxville Nationals, the Clash at the Mag, and the Hillbilly 100. But before the Winfield Warrior had all of this national success, he was the 2003 Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series Rookie of the Year and the 2003 Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series Champion. He's also the overall Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series wins leader with 17 career wins. Now joining us for the return of the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series Champions Edition on Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live, the two winningest drivers in series history. The Winfield Warrior, Mike Marler, and the Lincoln Leadfoot, Victor Lee. Hey, guys. I always get such a kick out of that video there at the end because, Wes, I have a feeling you've just you've always dreamed about about bringing these two guys on somewhere, whether a track or whatever. So I just I enjoy that so much there at the end. Yeah, heck, one of these days we might even get to – uh, bring them into victory lane and you know how cool would that be <laughs> yeah you never know it, it would be cool and uh so we are joined tonight here on the podcast by mike marler and victor lee two champions of the of the battle of the bluegrass dirt car series and guys we really appreciate you all joining us hey guys thanks for having us yeah absolutely well mike i know you said we might have to jog your memory some i know it's crazy to think about it's been it's been over 20 years ago when the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series started. Um, I said last week on the podcast we had James Essex on here. It's crazy to think about, but 25-year-olds probably, if they remember the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series, they barely remember it. Uh, it it's been that long ago. It doesn't seem that long ago to me. For us fans here in Kentucky, Battle of the Bluegrass was our, was our heyday. I mean, we, we still love to talk about it. As far as being a fan and watching those races, we, you know, it was just, it was just a really good time to be a dirt race, dirt late model fan in Kentucky. Um, but uh, Mike, I'll, I'll start with you as best you can. When you think about Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series, what, what's the first thing or what, what comes to mind to you? Um, well, you know, uh, Victor and I were racing modifieds at the time and just kind of 
it was it was perfect timing for one for us, you know, because we had an option to honestly without it maybe we probably wouldn't made made the transition like we did from the modifieds into the late models, you know, and uh, we could race for three and five thousand every week right here close to home, and really some of the best competition you know, of that era right here close because Mike Jewell was racing with us a lot. And Eddie Kerr was really good at the time. And Scott James was, was really good at the time. And there was a lot of, comp, a lot of competition close. So uh, I just remember a lot of good racing and, and a lot of people that had a lot of passion for the sport as time would tell, you know, with, with James and, and, and everybody that's, you know, all the things they've accomplished. So great group of people. I remember, a, I know that and a lot of competition. It was for sure. Three time. What about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, the competition back then, uh, Timmy Yeager, um, and, and every racetrack had, had, uh, I mean, in a sense, a superstar, whether he's going to Bardstown or you know, had neat boys over there, uh, Tim Tungett. I mean, so every racetrack we went to throughout the series, I mean, it was just, there's competition was, was amazing really. And I, I got my start actually with Estes, um, and the first year it started and I was going to run for the rookie, um, that, that kind of fell out halfway through the year. But, uh, I mean, that was my first actual late model ride, you know. So mm. that was the first year of the Battle of Bluegrass. And that's how I, that ride come about was because of the Battle of Bluegrass. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy to think about. We were sitting here last week with, uh, with James Essex, and I think we – with James, man, we had to have mentioned every driver who ever ran a battle of the bluegrass race. We were on here for three hours, and uh, I don't think we'll be on here. Uh, I won't, won't keep you guys that long tonight. <laughs> but he, we just talked and talked, and he just kept coming up with drivers. And during that time period, it really is amazing. I mean, there was so much competition um, and really had to have helped your all's careers uh, overall, just having to go up against that every week right here locally. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, Aaron Hatton. Um, I mean, Mike Jewell came down and was running down here about every week. To, I mean, and like I said, every track had had really good cars. I mean, there were a lot more cars back then. It seemed like when they first started, you know. So it was it was actually perfect series for for this era for around here area. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that time period also, if you remember, Victor Lanigan wasn't really like a world of outlaw guy then. So yeah, you had Eddie. Well, um, I hadn't started, I guess. So yeah. So uh, so Lanigan, I remember being one night at Bardstown. I know, I think Daryl might have won that race. Brad was in there. I was in there. I'm sure you was in there. Uh, but it was like seventy-two cars that night at Bardstown for five thousand win. Lanigan. <laughs> Landing, as a matter of fact, come back later that year. I think it's, we won the DTWC there that year. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. It was loaded up. I mean, there was there was no shame in not making the show back then. No, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, of course, like I said, Johnny Wheeler, um, you know, he he was driving uh, Yance's stuff, I think, back then maybe, or maybe mm -hmm. that was Brian. Uh, he, he, he was hard to beat there for a while. And uh, mm -hmm. just, just so many. I mean, Jesse Lay from, from Florence and, mm -hmm. and up there or anywhere. He traveled around here. I mean. So when Victor and I got in there, those guys were there. Those guys had some seniority, you know, they were tough. You know, Eddie was driving <laughs> yeah. around at the time and they had a few years on us at the time. And we were just cocky enough to think we could keep up with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I did one at, uh, at Burnside one time with Eddie. Um, and uh, I honestly, I watched his dad. I mean, I knew Eddie there, but uh, I didn't, you know, I hadn't really raced him I, against him. He 
he'd done been in the late models and um but uh he slid across my nose one night i was driving estes's car and uh, he slid across my nose and so i went there and tapped him after the race there and and long and behold here he come walking across the track and i thought man <laughs> and he called me so he said you, he said you ain't gonna do that and i said well okay and i just kind of put my head down and went to my trailer so yeah what, what mess with that guy well, Sasquatch is what I call him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, last night James said it best. Said uh, between as big as little Eddie is, he ain't very little. He said me, Dustin, and uh, uh, Shelton all three said we wouldn't want to even you know try to take him on tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> big Eddie was little. Little Eddie was big. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, we're gonna have him on here next week. Uh, yeah, too, him, so and, I'll... him and Tongue get. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. So so it, it'll be it'll be fun for sure. And it is true. Like I, I think about that time period. Mike, you won the championship and rookie of the year in two thousand three. And then after that, I don't know I don't know if you I can't remember if you really followed the series or if you just, you know, were hitting races beyond that you know, back at that time. But it what you were younger in your career. I mean, I said it in the video, but it's really true. Um your your national success and all these wins came after that but for both of you guys i mean you were younger in the sport at that time young competitors kind of trying to trying to yeah. make your make your way and and for you guys and so many people battle of the bluegrass was just was a really good thing time and place for that mm -hmm. yeah okay, it was uh, i mean like i said you had uh you know being here in 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 Danville or at the time I was um, out of Stanford but you uh you had three thousand and five thousand dollar races that were within an hour to two hours away at, at most and uh um I mean like I said it was it was good for us I mean you know back then honestly a five thousand dollar show was is like a ten thousand dollar show now or even a twelve thousand dollar show as far as or I feel like it is at least um <laughs> There wasn't ten thousand dollar shows every week like there is nowadays. I mean, you can pretty much race nowadays somewhere for ten thousand dollars without <coughs> a Lucas Oil race or a World of Outlaw race. I mean, there's there's plenty of big money races nowadays. The saying back then there just wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and um, it, it was a tough schedule. I mean, I know there were some few times we went out to Paducah um, and Kentucky Lake down way out west there. And um, but I mean, for the most part, like I said, most of the tracks were within an hour, hour and a half, and uh, so it was no brainer for us around here. Put it in perspective, you know, we raced for 5,000. I mean, there were more, I think there were races that paid a little better, but you could always race for three or five or at least eight grand a weekend, pretty much. Three on Friday, five on Saturday. Well, heck, my first motor, I paid 12,000 for it used. So, <laughs> I mean, you could about pay for a motor two weekends if you were fast. So, I mean, you can't do that now. No, so, yeah. It, it, was, it was good pay for what we were doing close to home. I mean, worst case scenario, you got a motel for one night, you know. So it was, it was, it was good timing for us for sure. We we were racing. I don't know about how old were you, Victor, when you first uh, got in a late model. Uh, what was you know? I was. Uh, let's see, two thousand and two. Uh, started driving like I said for Estes. It was the actual mm -hmm. first time I was first ride I actually had. I drove uh, uh, RMP's car there one night at. At uh, Ponderosa, Jeff Gullett put me in the thing, one of Timmy's cars, and uh, there wasn't enough cards to make a starting field, so he put me in there to get starting money and uh, and uh, made me quit about three laps in. And... <laughs> I think we were working out. 
I think we were both kind of late bloomers age-wise. You know, I was probably 24, but kind of a late, you know, I didn't start driving when I was 10 or 12 like they do nowadays. You know, I was, I had a driver's license when I started driving, you know. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't start racing until 2000, you know, on the mod. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was, I think I was 19 or 20 or something there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but I'd race go karts and stuff. And, I'm thankful to have had it for sure because it ignited a lot of things for us, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it helped us. It helped me. Uh, going back to like with sponsors. I mean, I mean, even up to the end, honestly, uh, uh, I drove for uh, the barbers there. Um, I think maybe 2004, and uh, maybe 2003 we got back into mod. I think I kind of back and forth with late model here and there, and then started driving for for James Barber and Bill Barber, and uh, we. Uh, I mean, we didn't have the, we didn't have new tires every week. Uh, I don't think you really had to have them back then like you do nowadays. And uh, like I said, the motors, we didn't, I mean, we didn't have nothing like they do now. I mean, even the local guys, you know, they've, they've got way more stuff than we do, did then. So mm -hmm. it was just different times. I mean, for sure. The driver meant a lot back The speed crawl through the window back then nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the it, the guy behind the steering wheel back then, I, I feel like was yeah, he had to get up on the wheel of it and drive it. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, like yeah. you both you both mentioned there. I mean, 50, 60, 70 cars showing up for three thousand, five thousand to win, and and a tough field of cars to make the twenty four field uh, starting grid. I mean that that made you that made you that much better because the competition was so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. You know, we, you, I think you went back earlier, you asked if we kind of my transition there, like 04, 05. We, I did it in 03. And then uh, in 04, I just had enough sponsorship and enough help to start traveling a little bit. And I kind of did both. I would race, you know, around here, I'd run the Bob series. And then, and then, you know, we were trying to go off and run some other things. And, and at the time, if you remember, uh, World of Outlaw was starting up in 04. And Victor was, I think you were an American tire guy at the time. Is that right? Um, we, we ran some Americans back then, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was a Hoosier guy, and there was some help for some of the Hoosier guys to help basically go out and run some of these races. So that, that helped me get, get a little tire help and stuff like that from Hoosier to go go get, give it a whirl at some of these events, you know, further from home. So, so I definitely, uh, 03 was a good learning year for me in the late models, you know, and then in 04 I started – you know, kind of branching out, but it was always nice to have that comfort of being able to come home and race for good money. And a lot of times I'd go out on Friday night and they'd send me back home packing and I'd have to come back and find something, find something <laughs> a little closer on Saturday. <laughs> was, was that your first, uh, first time fall on a series in 03, Mike? Was that, I know you're a rookie oh. of the year and champion, but yeah, that it was. And, you know, I never did it again until I ran for the World of Outlaw deal a couple of years ago. And uh, I've always uh, – I ran with actually kind of in late models. In 02, I did the UMP National Points with a Modified. And uh, to be honest with you, it was so stressful. We did, we almost won, but we didn't. Jimmy won. And then the next year, we run the Battle, Battle of Bluegrass. And I had, a, I had a real fire in my stomach, you know, from not winning that – modified deal the year before and I really wanted to win when a when a points deal and I did it and then after that I kind of took the focus off and just traveled and wanted to race I guess higher paying events and and went that route. So uh but yeah that was the first time in a late model, you know, 
that was really I had dabbled in the late model a little bit, kind of like Victor was saying. Somebody would let you drive one here or there. Uh, I remember when Victor first got in Estes's car. That was probably like oh, 2000 or 01 a time or two, I think. Yeah, it's 2002. Yeah, like I said, that no, was, was about 02, a yeah. out, so. So, so I had a late model I was playing with just a little bit when I had time then. I could drive and and then um, – but 03 was – we were, you know, where I was dedicated to just the late model starting at that point and um, run the series. I'm sure you all had some battles in modifieds prior to late models too, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, some awesome ones, like really good races. That's we, were, we were, uh, we were, we were determined to, to beat each other, and and these racetracks were like at the time <laughs> the tracks were like heavier, wasn't it, Victor? Yeah, it seemed like they were here and a lot just, rougher than what they are nowadays, for sure. But uh, yeah, so there was a lot of like wild racing, and, and there was a lot of wrecks. Nobody was just racing hard, but it's just products of, you know, just it's like Lake Cumberland every night was like it was at East Bay. You know what I mean? It was just gas on all the time. Not, nothing like it is now. So oh, yeah, we yeah. had some awesome races, and we had some good guys coming in there too, racing against us in those things. Yeah. Uh, some of the funnest, uh, I mean, definitely my memories in the mod back, which I'm you know running the mod now, but uh, back then would be, um, I mean, me and Mikey would go to Lake Cumberland and, and race and literally load our cars up and, and uh, drive to Glasgow and, and unload. Um, I know we've done that a couple times and, and uh, mm -hmm. race race there, race uh, the same night, you know, so. Yeah, we, hey. were, we were fierce competitors, but I remember the one night we did that, you know, Victor wanted competition. We didn't, we wanted it was more fun because of the other guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and I remember one night when that happened there, I didn't know Glasgow was even racing and Victor come and said, Hey, we're going to Glasgow. You want to go? And I'm like, yeah, so <laughs> throw these things on the trailer, we'll straight over there and do it again. Like, cause like Cumberland started in the spring in the daytime. Yeah. You could go over there and race at nighttime. And they were an hour behind us. So, uh, yeah, yeah we'd, leave it, our suits yeah. On. we'd race, we'd actually try to race each other there. You know, it was, it was, how hard we was racing each other. So they was waiting, hoping to show up so we could get there and cause, more, cause another ruckus. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was actually going to be one of my, one thing I wanted to, to make sure to ask you all this evening because. I mean, like I said, it, it was a different time for for both of you. You, you were younger back then. You were, uh, you, you know, you were sort of, you know, especially in late models and and coming from modifies to late models. Like you said, you, you didn't have the seniority in the sport, but it had to be fun. Like you, you, you two guys sort of started around the same time in late models, so you guys were a big competition for each other. Um, so that had to be just overall a whole lot of fun back then, but I'm sure there were probably, probably some tense moments too, possibly. <laughs> oh, we've had a few, but, uh, but I mean, like I said, me and Mikey go back enough that, I mean, he used to come to stop at the house. He of course, was in Tennessee, but he'd come up to, I guess maybe to Wayne's or something, or he had a rollback. Sometimes he'd be hauling a car or, and he'd stop, stop there at the house. And, uh, um, we'd watch videos, you know, VHS back then, honestly, but we'd watch <laughs> videos from the race, the week before or something that you no know, my mom would video so um yeah. but you know we, our dads raced together i mean that's the thing uh, they raced at lake Cumberland and, and um ponderosa together in the, the old camaro days you know the street stocks or bombers they yeah. called them then so um but yeah i mean we actually we go way back i mean with mm -hmm. i remember cameron playing cars with cameron in the pits i mean he's a little bitty kid you know so <laughs> playing with him so <laughs> Well, yeah. I remember, I remember, um, I guess 
I do remember going definitely Victor used to live right beside the highway and uh, my dad would have me out hauling cars or doing this or that with a rollback and I would see they'd have the race car out because they, you could sit right from the road. So I, if they had the car out, I'd stop and say, hey, you know, and I always saw a lot of Sammy, you know, uh, Victor's dad. He was, uh, he was, you know, when I was a kid, Sammy was a heck of a race car driver and then my dad raced with Sammy some and I remember when Sammy had the old B4 school bus with the back cut off of it in his car. Yeah, and uh, so it's just a look, we go back a long time, probably before all the Battle of Bluegrass, you know, yeah. in the early 90s, our dads was racing. So, uh, and then Victor, you know, had a, was real successful in, in the carts. And then then he uh, got that modified and quickly become a thorn in my side with this modified. He's hard beating the thing. Really, I think he won just in the first day or two, in that, or first race or two, right? I, I think it was my, yeah, I think it was my fifth race, yeah. Um, and it, and it was an uh, unleashed spring car, you know, back then. So, um, I, I gave him some advice one time, and I learned not to, not to ever do that again. <laughs> I don't believe that. He just said in a victory lane interview last year that he called you to to get some <laughs> some uh, some helps. Right. I, I forgot I, my lesson because that, that day he qualified. He was qualified back. I said I see something wrong with your car, and I told him what it was. But then he goes out there and qualifies the next day. He's on the pole of the heat, and I'm back there behind him. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, did you remember this, Victor? We was at Bulls Gap, and you just got that modified. Yeah. And I was watching him go down a straightaway, just darting everywhere. Yeah. And I, yep. he used this go-kart, and his steering's way too fast. So I walked over and told him, you might want to, because come find out he had a steering, a fast box, and then a steering. And, quick, and, and and a oh. He had the fastest steering in race car history. Yeah. And, uh, I can tell it. And uh, if you remember, I told you you probably should change that because it was going to be hard to drive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> the first time you ever raced the modified, I think. I, it was that, and that was the actually that was that deal for um, there's that qualifier yeah. for Bristol. Um, That's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was yeah, so. two hundred some mods, I think, down there that night, and we were there till four in the morning. Then somebody wrecked, and they canceled it, and we come back the next yeah. day. Has has yeah. a long weekend, but uh, yeah. That's, that's so good. Him that and too, it's, give it a month, and he's beating me. So I'm like, oh, maybe we swap with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping yeah. he'd go back and run the run the carts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to mention we've got quite a few fans on here. Guys, if you've got a question for, for either one of these two battle of the bluegrass legends while we've got them on here, go ahead and ask in the comments. We'll try to we'll try to ask them a few fan questions while we've while we've got them on here. Um guys, is there when you're thinking back to Battle of the Bluegrass days, it doesn't have to necessarily be Battle of the Bluegrass. Do you have between the two of you, a certain battle or a race that you remember being fun any, in, in late models that you can – or modifieds, it don't matter, that you can remember? I know we've talked about a few, but – I, I don't know. One that comes to my mind, and, and, and this kind of – I mean, it's not really a funny story, but it kind of is too to me. Because, um, you know, when you're, when you're racing like that competitive, but um, Mikey was actually, I think, driving for Wells. Um, was it Ponderosa? And I think I was driving for, for Puckett. This, this has been – several years ago but it wasn't i don't know if it's battle bluegrass but i think it doesn't quit but um it's maybe 2010 somewhere in there but me and him were side by side the whole entire race and uh i was in uh of course it was a rayburn car i was in and he was probably faster than me but i was just fast enough to be in his way really and uh but ponderos can be a tough track to pass on and, and and like i said i've got a lot of laps there and of course he does too but and uh but we never touched each other. We raced each other hard the whole race. And then uh, I think Eddie even may have been there. Eddie Carrier was there, I believe. And uh, 
But uh, anyway, uh, I think I got in the back of uh, Christian Rayburn. He spun out. Um, and, and at the time, I think Frank was – and I just had got done driving for Frank, but Frank was running – it was Rayburn Series what it was. It was one of CJ's series. So, and, um, so uh, they, if you stop on the track, the rule was you go to the tail. So I come – I never stopped. And uh, um, I think Christian stopped and Mikey stopped. So they – they come around, they end up putting both of us to the tail, and uh, which is, I mean, I shouldn't have went to the tail, but um, I think Eric Wells ended up winning that race that night, I believe, or Eddie or Eric, one of the two. But uh, so after the race, Mikey's he's mad and pissed at me, and I'm pissed at him, and I'm pissed, we're all just mad. And, and uh, um, I think it was a five thousand dollar race, but uh, so I done left the track, and my buddy calls me, and uh, he says, Hey, you might want to get back over here. Mikey's up here. He's chewing, chewing me out, chewing you out. And I said, well, what the heck is he chewing us out for? I mean, <laughs> just racing. I said, tell him I'll be back here in a minute. And uh, so I turned around. I was going back to the track. I was like, what's the problem, man? You know what? Well, then he, he's pulled out of the track. So we pull over on the side of the road. And um, I believe it was Josh maybe with you, wasn't it, Mikey? I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. And Josh was for sure, yeah. Yeah, I think it was just you and Josh. It was just me and me and Sarah. And, uh, um we get out, we start talking. Mikey just smacks me upside the head and takes off back to his truck and gets in. And goes home. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> <laughs> so, we yeah. may for, for a year or two or, or, or for a while after that. But then uh, um, I think, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what year it was, 2010 maybe or something. But then uh, a couple years later, there, like I said, 2012, my mom passed and, uh, you know, Marla family was right there to send flowers and things like that. So, I mean, it, we've been we've been on every side of it. So, yeah, yeah, I think what happened that time was maybe this guy might have got us into it because <laughs> I was I was I was a little irritated, but I wasn't like mad. And I was up at the pavement, and he started, "It's your all the stuff." I'm like, "No, it ain't." You know, all the stuff. Then it's all this thing got out of hand, you know, and it just it happens. And we're definitely uh, older and smarter and. I'll say this, racing hard with Vectors taught me a lot. Well, not a lot of life lessons, but a few life lessons. You know what I mean? You can't <laughs> learn any other way, right? Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, so it's been, but it's been an awesome relationship. It really has. And all the, all the racing there, you know, lots of friends like that and buddies and, and emotions. And, you know, my best friend, Derek, uh, one of my, one of my oldest friends, I got two or three guys that grew up right around there. We're all like really close and, and, uh, but I remember Derek and I, we got uh, got in a fight the first day of school. <laughs> and, and after that, you know, when, you, when something like that happens, you get a little closer, you know. And, and I think it does bring people together. And, you know, like family, you get mad at your family, you know, more than anybody, right? So, uh, so anyway, yeah, we definitely had some had some low moments there, but a lot of high ones, a lot of great races. And going back to races, what I remember uh, that was a lot of fun for me was was – you know, in all reality, I had I come into some good sponsorships and had really good equipment. And Victor was running, honestly, not knocking anybody's equipment, but just probably not as good as I had. You know, at first we started off pretty equal, and then I I came into some good deals and had some good equipment. And uh, but it was always fun going to Richmond and racing against Victor because he could take about whatever he was driving and win about any of them, and is. As much as I was wanting to win, I was happy to see that he could had the ability to take take that stuff and win those races. And he was the he was the last guy winning on swing arms, and he had a he had a <laughs> suspension and Otis motor, you know, and uh, still beating us. And 
it was a lot of fun. That's what I, when I look back at some of those battles, you know, we had some really intense battles and I'm Lake Cumberland. We run in modifies, just beating them off the fence every lap. And whoever basically could drive that hard and not about crash, you know, would win. And, uh, and then when we got to doing those races at Richmond, they were more calculated slick track type racing. And he could just about jump in whatever they give him and, and take the check, take the check out there. And I knew that when I went, I thought there's one guy you got to beat and it's this guy. And it was a lot of fun just trying to beat him. And sometimes we wouldn't, sometimes we wouldn't, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. But it, it, even when he would win, you know, I would, or Victor would win there. I would really, you know, I, I was kind of proud of him, you know, cause he, he could take basically whatever, uh, whatever he'd give him the keys and anything out there and he's tough to beat, you know, that you yeah. said, uh, you talking about helping me speaking of swing arms. I remember one time you, uh, you walked up into James's James's holler or something. He's like, and you said, um, well, you know, you got the wrong swing arms on this car, don't you? And I was like, ah, he said, well, and, and you know, I guess you might know, not remember that, but, uh, I had 15 and a half inches it needed the, the 14 and three quarters or something. And, and I didn't even know it. I just bolted it on there. I didn't even realize he changed them at the time. And, um, but I was pretty good. And, uh, I'd went to Barron County actually, and we won and, um, we won down there and, and I said, well, man, I ain't changing it. So I just left that thing on there until, like I said, until I tore up another one and then switched them. But so I don't know if you remember telling me. Yeah. Swing arm. I, I think I do remember that. And, and, uh, and you know, it's for, to help you and it's for my own special reasons. Cause I'm like, I can't, I can't beat this guy if he's got the wrong swing arms. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it was it was a lot of fun. It was fun helping each other, and it's only fun it's only fun to have a good race. You know what I mean? So so I I do enjoy helping guys when I think if you know like if I see them having a problem. Lord knows I've had a lot of help from people you know in the past that point out stuff I'm doing wrong and and uh, but I don't remember that exact uh, exact. Uh, I can't remember what I thought it was like Clinton County or somewhere. I can't remember the exact things, but but there were definitely uh there was a lot of times and we all were like I say, oh, Clinton County, yeah, all. yeah. We've done that deal too. I think that that could have been some of the reason you didn't win the championship that year, the UMP yeah. deal, but uh yeah, yeah well, the modified days, but yeah. Yeah, so so there was a but there was a lot of a lot of really, really good races. That Clinton County Speedway, when we would go there, this is a little bit predating Battle of Bluegrass. I shouldn't be off on this, but like you know, Jimmy Owens and Ricky Arms and all them guys would come. And, you know, four or five years later, Ricky Arms wins a uh, Lucas Oil race, and everybody's like, who's this guy? And I'm like, trust me, this guy. <laughs> well, he won the UMP, UMP national points there one year, too. Um, yeah, he did, yeah. He's so, definitely. But, there was, there was, you know, in the Battle of Bluegrass stuff, uh, yeah, there was a lot of – I don't know, it was a good era because at the time it didn't really take – the best car, the most equipment, and Kentucky racetracks lead to that too. For whatever reason, you know, like Victor said, he could take whatever Ponderosa or Richmond. You yeah. know, uh, what's kind of odd is Lake Cumberland's one of spin. Yeah, Lake Cumberland probably takes the best car yeah. a lot of times yeah. there. You wouldn't think yeah. that, but it does. And well, and, and, uh, and we didn't get to run Bargetown much back in the day because we we ran American tires, and uh, you know, Bargetown was a, a Hoosier only track, um, and, and I believe Florence may have been too, but. And the only time we went there was during this with the series. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. so I struggled there because I didn't have the laps that most people, you know, yeah. a lot of people did there. Yeah. And, uh, and and I didn't have them a lot of times back then. I mean, I didn't, we didn't have the motor and stuff that a lot of people did until a little bit later here, which 
that's with when I started driving with Frank, and uh, that was 07. But uh, um, I mean, Aaron Hatton, he always had a motor, and I mean, that's another one that won a lot of races and was mm-hmm. competitor. Um, yeah. But man, he had a motor. I mean, that, that thing would scream nine grand, seemed like anywhere he went. I don't know if Mike remembers that or not, but uh, I don't know how big his motor was, but I know how big his gear was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and something funny about him, he never really. And of course, there was a mess at the racetrack, but uh, I don't like they ever swept the trailer out. And I don't know if he ever even done stagger. He just he'd buy the same size tires and bolt them all. <laughs> yeah, he would. He literally did that. He run the four same size tires and like spin you out when you drive. I'm not spin wreck you, but he'd spin your head off your shoulders when he would pass you. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, speaking of Bardstown, that was probably one of my all time favorite tracks. It probably is. I think it's got to be in the top two or three. And I would always brag on that track, and it was awesome to race on. And then every time they would have the Dirt Track World Championship, it would rubber up on lap 10 and everybody would be <laughs> mad when they left, you know. And it was an yeah. awesome track. They just didn't, for whatever reason, that couple times they tried to have it there did not work. And it kind of sucks because that was kind of the beginning of the end for it, you know. Yeah. One of those didn't work out. But it was a – I know it was a good 50-lap track. It was some of the best races I've ever been involved with was there. Don O'Neill – that's another one, Victor. You know, we're talking yeah. about with race those races was O'Neill. He would run a lot of a lot of battle bluegrass stuff and drop in on some of that. Yeah. 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 Johnson, there was a lot of guys that was running good then. Yeah. Well that that leads me to a question I was wanting to ask you. Um, I know there's a lot of tracks that you all ran, you know, in Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, Indiana. Um, if you had one track during that Battle of the Bluegrass era that was your favorite, um, what what would be that track? Um, well, mine would be, uh, mine would be Barron County. Uh, I think it was, it was McCoy or something back then, but I mean, honestly, I, I would say Barron County would have been, would, and still to this day is, is probably my all time favorite track, um, to actually go and race on. Cause when it was good, you could run, you know, two or three wide. And I, I really enjoyed that track. I don't, I never did win no battle bluegrass races down there, but I didn't win a whole lot of them until they were done shut down. But, uh, uh that was always one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, I hate that I didn't I didn't get to watch one at, at Barron County and, and I've heard a lot of stories that, that people just loved going and watching or racing either one at that track. Uh, kind of high banked and like you said, you know, run two, three wide and, and just the racing was, was awesome there. Yeah. So I hate I didn't get to see one there. What about you, Mikey? Uh well, like I say, I loved every time I went to Bardstown. Um it was definitely one of my favorites. But honestly, anytime we went to Florence, I, I never have really been great at Florence, but I loved racing there. But 2003 Florence and 2022 Florence is two different things, you know. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you know, I'm not knocking the track now, but it's, I don't know why. It was just awesome back then. And it's not horrible now, but it's just back then it was like literally like a sheet of ice, wall to wall, never rubbered up. And uh, it was just, you just slip and slide all over it. And, and, uh, it would go, it would go, uh, it would start off like fast. So the Rayburn cars would be good. Then it would get slick. And then the four link cars would be good. And then it would go to a whole nother thing, a past slick to like literally literal ice. Then the Rayburn cars would be back in the game at the end of the race. So it was a, it was a wild track <laughs> race on back then. A lot of, it, a lot of different so transitions. The car wouldn't even lift anymore. It would just set flat. And that's what a Rayburn car was good at. So they, at the end of the race, you'd be back in the game in them. So it was, uh, it was, it was fun to me. It was a challenge. It was, I guess that's what it was. But, but Barstown, as far as just going there and having a good time, and the track was always good. Probably would be my favorite. 
Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned Rayburn. I know, you know, he's somebody that helped so many people in our sport. Certainly, certainly the two of you, but I think those Rayburn cars, both of you were, were in them back then. My biggest memories were, were when both of you all were in a Rayburn car. Um, I know that had to mean a lot to you having just those cars, you know, what, the, what they were. We talked about the difference in the time period between today and being able to take a little bit and make a lot out of it back then. But Rayburn was a big part of that for sure. Uh, I wouldn't have been racing if it wasn't for Rayburn, just to be honest with you. Uh, for the most part, uh, I mean, he took, he took really good care of me. Um, I don't know why he liked me so much. He, he, he called me his retarded stepson sometimes, but he, he, um, <laughs> but he, uh, but he, he sure did help me out a lot in, in a lot of situations. Um, even up until the last year of pretty much of the battle of bluegrass, you know, uh, 2009 there, but, uh, uh, definitely, definitely been a big part of my racing career for sure. Yeah. You know, Rayburn, uh, even going back before I drove, I remember being in the grandstands at Ponderosa and watching Rayburn and Don O'Neill. Uh, I think it was the Kentucky classic or, or I'm sorry, the, the fall classic. Fall classic, yeah. And this was in like 1996, and it paid like 10 grand. It was a big race. And I remember CJ and Don O'Neill going around there 100 laps, like bumper to bumper, you know. And I don't even, it was such a good race. I don't remember who won. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because I, I can't remember which of them won, but it was just an awesome race. And so I kind of admired him as a driver more than anybody would realize, you know, at some tracks, he was really good. And then, uh, you know, I was racing modifieds and, trying to make a living working and, and the phone run one day and it changed my life for sure. You know, so, so I, I'm forever grateful to CJ and everything we've done, you know, and, and we could go on and on and on with people that are or should be, you know, and uh, he's, he's been a pivotal guy. It's a pivotal moment for me and he's a crucial guy in my, my career for sure. And, and uh, if you even were remotely, uh, situated anywhere toward Kentucky. He just loved everybody in Kentucky that race as is his, his hometown more or less, you know, he grew up there. So, so around, around Casey County. So, so he helped a lot of people over there and he helped a lot of good racers, but he helped a lot of people just get to the track that probably wasn't going to win. You know, he was a good guy. He was, you could say, well, he's seen Victor and I and wanted to win some races, but I seen him give cars to people that just get them on the track that, that was beginners, you know, he was just a good person and, Pivotal guy for a lot of us. I mean, he, he was part of what made all that stuff so strong, you know, at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Stronger, stronger than dirt uh, <laughs> rings true for sure. And, yeah. and so, you know, like I said, just really miss those days. Our, our live viewership just went up big time. I think there must be a break at, at East Bay or something. So we just had a bunch <laughs> of people jump on here. Uh, so if, if, uh, if any of you watching here have any questions, we've got quite a few guys. We'll go through some of them real quick. And, uh, but if anybody else got questions, go ahead, post them in the comments. We'll try to get some of those answered by these two while we've got them on here. Did, did either of you ever run? Someone asked it at Perry County Speedway. Um, no, I didn't got to race there myself. Um, I, I've been to the track, um, but I, I never got to race at Perry County. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Sr. actually ran it there for, for a few years. Oh, okay. I didn't race there, but I heard about the shootout. Have y'all ever heard this story? I've never heard the – got to hear it now. I, I don't know all the details. I just know that they literally had – they said like AK-47s or something and went in there and shot everything out of the windows out of this place and had like a 
shot the lights out and had like a crazy moment over there one time. And uh, so I never, never did race there, but I did race at Prestonsburg uh, once or twice. And Victor mentioned hitting Eddie. Well, I thought Eddie was probably going to murder me there because he let off the gas and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I hit him square to back end and he went spinning out of this place backwards. And I was like, man, that's the wrong guy to do that. <laughs> and, uh, so, so anyway, total, total accident, but I did it. And, uh, but anyway, but I raced there once or twice. And that Thunder Ridge? Harry County was before our time, though, for sure. Yeah. Did you say Thunder Ridge, Mikey? Thunder Ridge, yeah. Yeah. What, what they call it? I'm sorry, did I call it something else? It was. Uh, is it the horse, the one that had the horse track around the it? horse track, yeah. Prestonsburg. Prestonsburg. Yeah. Thunder, Thunder Ridge. Ridge. It was yeah. a horse Thunder track. Ridge, yeah. It had a horse track around it. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I seen Chucky May go out there and land on the fence, and they oh, had to go yeah. get a. Yeah. You see that? Yeah, I was there at night. Yeah. <laughs> he went uh, out there and landed on the fence and just stuck to it. Oh, did, man. Did that's have, crazy. Did they have the dirt track there one year? Or no? My mistake. Yeah. 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 Chucky May, as somebody I'd forgot about, he, he was. Uh, he was fun to watch for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he took after, you know, and then Brandon Kinzer was running a lot of Battle of Bluegrass stuff and Shannon Thorne Ferry and uh well Jackie ran you know. there. Those guys were probably actually of anywhere in the country that you would go to, they were kind of the hardest to beat in their neck of the woods. Uh like uh the Ten Car, the Paul Her, uh, Paul uh, um Harris, is it was that Nick or maybe Paul Harris, yeah. Yeah, Paul Harris, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember his name, but Thornsbury always had his nickname for him, so I can't remember what it was. Thornsbury over there. And, uh, but, uh, Holmes, but Yeah, they were tough, you know, over in that part of the country. Of course, Eddie, Eddie, Jackie. I mean, Jackie was next to impossible to beat over there, you know. So, so oh, that yeah. actually probably was tougher over there than it was in the central side, you know, western central side, actually. Yeah. yeah. There's a That's, lot of good cars over there, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had there's a lot everywhere. Like I said you go to Florence, you had you know, which lay he followed the series there, I know for a few years, but uh, Scott James, um, I mean, was always tough. I mean, for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, still tough. I mean, part of that goes, he's still racing, so yeah, yeah, you had a lot of guys. Mike Hawley, the initial winner, maybe he was, yeah, yeah, yep. 2002, yeah, yep. and that was in Timmy Yeager's. Timmy Yeager was on his A game right around that time. Yeah, yeah, I think he finished second that year. If I'm not mistaken, he finished second in 03, or he was up there, and then even 04. I mean, 02 to 04, he mm-hmm. uh, he he definitely was was tough because he was right up there at the top of the standings every year. Never won one, but he was close. Yeah, what said a lot about his driving too was he did, he works on. I don't know what he does now for sure, but at the time he worked on water towers. Towers, yeah. he still does. And uh, you know, he wasn't the guy that worked on his equipment. He just showed up and drove it. Oh, Saturday, yeah. Friday, Saturdays, or whatever. So he was, you know, we, I, I'm sure Victor was. I was putting a lot of effort into mine, you know, and uh, he would just show up and he was tough to beat. He was a really natural, naturally good driver. As another one that Sammy, Victor's dad, and my dad raced with all the time back in, they had Camaros and Monte Carlos. Joey back Daniels, um, you know, yeah. Joey, Joey was really good. Joey's a bicycler now. Yeah, Joey. Yeah, Joey Daniels was a good oh. one. Did y'all know that? I did uh, not know that. I did. I had no idea. Yeah, he, 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 he does, barbecue. Uh, he's got a couple of hobbies. One of them, he has a, a barbecue deal. He does. Barbecue, yeah. Okay. And then uh, he was telling me, you know, when I first met Joey, he was like really big guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He was, 
I don't know what he weighed. He had to be three, four hundred pounds and six, what, seven. His I remember his helmet used to look like a five gallon bucket, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when I was really surprised when he told me that he was mountain biker now, I've been I've been trying to get him to come drive my dad's hobby stock sometime. That'd be fun. Yeah, he, yeah. I guarantee he could do it. I, I remember oh, yeah. him well. I, I know what you're talking about. He was he was a big dude, for yeah. sure. Well, I remember seeing him one time. Dale, Dale Atwood didn't make it to the race for whatever reason. Jimmy Cundas' cars, who, you know, Dale drove. And so they took the seat out of it, and Joey sat in the floorboard of it and put a seatbelt <laughs> on, on the feature. <laughs> that's awesome that's crazy it is crazy uh, i'm with you how about uh let's see Lindsay asks uh, did either of you guys get to race at taylor county speedway in campbellsville before it closed i didn't get to race there my dad i used to go you know when i was a kid that's where my mom's family was from was campbellsville so uh i'd go down there in the summer and stay with my granny but um uh my dad raced there i got to watch you know few races there with my dad and like I said used to love seeing Tim Tungett he was a young guy then you know when I was a kid he would come in there and kind of whoop up on the older guys uh you know Jack Boggs and CJ and so and Purvis you know I watched Purvis down there when I was growing up so yeah never got to race there though yeah, Gullet used to work the pit gate there. The Gullet uh, Jeff Gullet he used to he used to work at the pit gate there I, I that's probably where I really first met Jeff at really so Gullet's former uh, former track promoter at Bonarosa Speedway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and driver. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't I didn't I didn't remember that. Yeah, he told us all about all that. He tells some awesome stories. <laughs> he made, Gullet's you know, he definitely made the got there a lot of fun. Uh you know, you know, Danny Preston was real big into racing at the time. RP, you remember RP Chimney that was on a lot of cars. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, I remember he sponsored my mod too, actually, which like I said, Jeff Golith there. I mean, the first mm-hmm. late model I ever drove literally was at Ponderosa and, and uh Jeff come over and he said, um, there wasn't like I said, there wasn't that many cars there that night. And he said, I want you to uh to drive this car and, and literally I went out and got on the gas and spun out. Like I spun out like three times before this race even started. I couldn't I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And he said, I'm gonna be on the back straightaway and uh um when you see me flagging you in, then you need to park it. And uh I think, like I said, once I got used to it and got going pretty good, here he was waving his arms. I'm like, I'm going to give her one more lap anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I passed a few cars, and uh, but I think, um, honestly, I think Yeager was probably coming around going to lap me or something, and uh, or him and, and I think Dustin Neat and all them boys were, were there that night. But uh, that's the first time I'd ever sat in a late model, so that, that was pretty cool there from Gullet. But, so. Do you guys remember Tom Kersinger racing late models? Oh Lord, yeah, yeah. I remember he coming to Burnside his, uh, with his car and his dump truck in the back of the dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's different times for sure. I know showing up on a rollback, but a dump truck—I don't think I've ever heard he of had, that. Yeah, a dump truck, a, a late model in, in the dump, and he had a. Did he have like a stock motor in that thing or something, a three fifty or something, Mikey? Back in the day, one time. Uh, yeah, he had a. Well, I raced with him and everything because he was just a wheel man, you know. He. He, growing up, I watched him late race late models. Well, then he kind of graduated back to. I started off in the Roadhog division at Lake Cumberland. Yeah. And so Tom was racing in that class, which wasn't making that fun because he was really tough. And um, so uh, then he got a Scotty or Tommy Brummett put him in a late model 
back in a late model and they had just yep. kind of a about a halfway motor in there and he was winning all the time in that thing and that, my dad raced with him quite a bit but he was a really good driver i don't think he ever actually run battle of bluegrass stuff but in, in just before that like about 2001 he was pretty well one of the hardest guys to beat up there uh he was he was really good yeah speaking of tommy, tommy, <clears throat> really growing up watching him yeah speaking of tommy brummett there uh like i said that night there Ponderosa, I didn't quite hot lap it or nothing like that or qualify. But the actual first race I ever raced a late model was at Lake Cumberland, and uh, it was Tommy Brummett's car. Um, they they brought it down in the RMP trailer, I think, um, with, with Timmy Yeager's car. And uh, we parked it over to the side there, and like I said, it was Tommy's car. had a four on it and everything. And uh, I remember we went out, went out, out qualified um, Yeager. And, and, of course, you know, they had, they had new Ravens. They had big motors, and here Tommy was with kind of – not near good equipment. I went out and out qualified them, but uh, I don't like that set real well with them at night. Um, they wouldn't even already speak to us, and we was in their trailer, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, that's well, a that, rough right after, that was probably after Tommy fired me because he let me drive it. I think before that, and I tore off four right front lowers in one night. I, 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 think, I think it may have been that uh, that same car is just a black car with a white four on it. Uh, well, I like have drove it a night or two there, Mikey. Yeah, <laughs> now, he did let me drive it one night, and I'm telling you. That's probably maybe the single-handedly worst night of racing I've ever experienced. And every time I pulled on that track, they towed me back off. <laughs> and uh, so still to this day, I aggravate him about it. But Tommy was Tommy worked for RV, and him and Gullet were yeah. kind of co-workers. Tommy worked on, I think, that I might be telling this wrong. It was a long time ago, but best I remember. Tommy worked on the chimney stuff going through the week, and Gullet worked in the race shop. And, yeah. and you know, Tommy had a car, and I'm sure RV helped him with it. But – uh but yeah, he he always had good stuff and good drivers, and it's awesome to see him. You know, still to this day, they got a car. Not exactly who sure who drives it right now, but I see every time I go to Ponderosa, I kind of see that same old gang of people. You know, Gullets. Uh, you know, usually there with Justin and and Tommy's there. They got a crate car they're racing, and and that's his boy. Um, uh, it races the crate car there. Yeah, his, 30, yeah. thirty-three. So, yeah, so this whole you know, uh, there's a lot of guys there that that. Uh, Jeff Rawlings, you know, run a little bit of Battle of Bluegrass stuff. He's still up there every now and then. And uh, we're really lucky right up in there to have these racetracks that are kind of timeless because they're big enough that you don't tear much stuff up, but they're small enough that you can kind of run older motors and this and that and, and still win the races. And just like Vicar was saying there, had a little lesser equipment out qualified those guys. That honestly almost seem, sometimes seems like an advantage up there. And, I remember Gullet when they first got them coaches or got the big rigs, you know, uh, he called it the curse of the coach because everybody got one of them high dollar rigs just sucked after that, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know, that was probably one of the time periods. Yeah. Um, another one where, which we're jumping around here, but I mean, after Tim Tungit or after um, uh, Jaeger got out of there, you know, you had Holly in that car, and then you had, I mean, they brought Greg Johnson in down here and, I mean, he cleaned everybody's clock for a little while around here in the RP stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, that was like 04. I remember that. Yeah, about 04. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, he, yeah. there for a little while, it was kind of hard to beat. You wasn't beating him. I mean, it didn't matter where you went. They were. Well, if you remember Greg Johnson, when he started driving for that team, they were going to run some Battle of Bluegrass stuff, and they went to Florida that year. And I think they were like one of the fastest cars, the host, host speed yep. wheels. Yep. And, uh, and then they came back, and that whole year, man, they were really tough. They were and, good. uh, and I remember uh, I won the Hillbilly that year, and Greg was one of the cars that was one of the best cars all night. And we were 
we were racing close in that race. And matter of fact, Brad Neat was, and a lot of people, uh, you know, Dustin Neat was just kind of a lot of natural talent and like a lot of balls, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and Brad was a little more calculated and a lot of natural talent. And I raced with Brad uh, even in the Roadhog division. I raced with Brad in that class, and then we ended up racing Lucas Oil races together and all that. So, uh, but Brad and Dustin were really talented, and, and they had good equipment at the time. And you know, there for a while, Brad was really committed to being good at it, and he was winning at the national level there. So, mm-hmm. Brad, you know, he yeah. probably don't get enough credit for what he did because he was. He wasn't in there a long time to do to accomplish some of the stuff he did. And I seen him uh, drive by Freddie Smith and win a Lucas show one night down in Alabama. You know, he was he was tough. Yeah, I seen him win uh, win at Tazel that night, Lucas race. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he the Neat brothers was good. Uh, they were they were fun to watch, and 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 it was really fun when they was running one and two because they was putting <laughs> on a show trying to beat each other. Yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. They were. They were tough, you know. And uh, Dustin, like I said, he would. Uh, he was a little more nonchalant about it. Just show up and will it, you know. And 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 then Brad was. Brad knew all the all the tricks, you know. And he was in kind of the right connections with the right people, probably shock wise and car wise. And Brad took it a little more serious. I feel like probably than Dustin. Yeah, that's just me saying that from what I seen down here looking up there, you know. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, both of them though had a lot of talent and. Uh, um, they were, they were wheel man, you know, and Brad, you know, I remember seeing Brad that one not come from the back of the sea at, at Eldora to world 100. He came out of the sea at the rear of the sea, best I remember. And I remember the, that into the A and from the back of the feature to like second or third in the feature. And yeah. And world 100 or whatever. So yeah. he passed, I think it was like 105 cars or something. They said in those three. Gosh. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So he when he was on man he could really he could will it pretty good and and uh, I remember Brad back when we first when 4M come out right me and Brad would like uh, message or, or have messages back and forth on his 4M <laughs> I don't know what he was doing but, but uh, yeah, it, is, it is a lot of fun, fun it is me fun yeah that was back during the Red Book Brad, me and Brad about the same age. Yeah, that was back during the Red Buck days too. Yeah. When I was sixteen, I could go to the Red Buck trailer and get a pack of cigars. So that was always fun too. You was going to the Red Buck trailer for the Red Buck girls. Girls, yeah. Well, that too. But that counts too for sure. Those were yeah. good days. Yeah, those, those were good, good days. days. Yeah, they yeah, they, that uh uh that was kind of short lived. And I remember Victor had the Kentucky's best sponsorship there yeah, right around yeah. that time, right? I get, was that Link Victor or was that two different um, things? no, it, it actually wasn't. Um and we, we got that deal uh that was kinda after I mean we're going back to the Battle of Bluegrass here, talking about it, but um we'd won the series there in two thousand seven, won the points and then uh we got that sponsor, um Tom McCollum, he actually fixed us up there, you know, got that for us and we they came on board um, for that year, for 2008, I guess it would have been. And then, uh, but um, I mean, that's honestly, that's probably the, and, and we ran the best. That's probably some of the best equipment I'd ever been in, um, you know, in 2000, and, but actually started in 2007. Um, we never won a, a Battle Bluegrass race, I don't think, that year between me and Frank. But, you know, Frank was pretty sharp on the cars. And, and that's always something I'd kind of lacked on is, is having the knowledge of, of the you know back then you didn't have like you do now with shocks and stuff but you still had to have your stuff right and uh 
well, we worked on our stuff hard, but um, yeah, I got that sponsor, and that, like I said, that's the biggest sponsor I've ever had. And 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 money goes a long ways when you you know in this sport, um, mm-hmm. for equipment yeah. and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, but, that uh, was that was cool. Red Buck cigars and then Kentucky Best. I, I still yeah. got a Red Buck cigar sweatshirt, and you know I wear it sometimes. I'm like, that was a good old days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were tough. They had that big, big yellow dually or whatever it was. Yeah, they were coming home in races. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, Cody Mahoney's uh, wife Jennifer. Uh, of course, I, she's they used to come down to Donnie's all the time. Lightning, um, and and her her dad run open wheel there back in the day. So and her brother, mm-hmm. I think maybe. So yeah. Um, but she was one of the red buck girls, so yeah. Well, I, 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 I raced, I raced uh, modified. We raced, well, you raced modified. Yeah. Bad, I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she's she's uh, she's always been a been kind of a fixture, you know. All these people you think about, man, and that's what happens, you know, in the racing community. Like when that, you know, the tragedy of CJ passing away, you know, and it just kind of brings everybody together. Or you know, a big one was was Chris Estes and. Uh, Yep. Chip and Steve, uh, guys at Estes Race Engines, you know, uh, at that time they were major players. They were they were building engines for drag cars and kind of got involved in this stuff. And that's where I think you know I think it was the very first ride you ever drove was their car, right? Yeah, that's my yeah my first one, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, and then I don't think I ever I, I maybe drove it once or twice. I can't remember, but I think I was going to drive a couple times and it never worked out. But anyway. Um, you were on your way to meet them that, that day. When that yeah. So yeah, the day Chris died, I was actually meeting them at the interstate. I just talked to him 15 minutes before that and he had a car wreck or, mm, you know, they had a wreck on the way there. And so that's a bad day for sure. But you know, in those moments when that stuff happens, that's when you, all those relationships kind of come together and it's kind of sad that it always comes together in those moments. But that's when you realize all these people you think about and, you know, you got so many friends out there that you don't even remember thing that you don't take it for granted. Just life keeps you from keeping up with it all the time, I guess. And, uh, but looking back, man, it's fun to go back and, and this has been fun doing this, just jogging your memory on you know, all the people, all the names and faces and, and everybody that's involved. Cause it, it was a good time. And it was, a it was a lot of, uh, a lot of great racing and a lot of great people. And I had a lot of people that's passionate about the sport, you know, uh, I called Chris Tilly before I came on, as I said earlier, and asked him just to jog my memory on this. This is how this happened or that happened, you know. And uh, but I just remember he was uh, he was about twelve years old or something. One of the first memories I had of him, and his dad would bring him to the track. Allen was just done a lot for racing, you know. And Harold Hargrove was uh, is you know related there, and Brandon and all the guys. And I just remember that Chris would aggravate you to death when he was little, you know, he just wanting to help. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I knew then, I was like, that boy right there will definitely be a fixture somehow because he just, he loves it too much. I, I was and all the great stuff he's done, you know, his age now. So it's been a great deal. I figured yeah. there'd been a line of people uh, after Chris when he turned uh, 18, but uh, he, he got them all took care of when he was, he used to piss everybody off. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he still does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked a twelve-year-old telling them what to do, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, but he, but no, he always had the best intentions, you know. But he was just so energized to be at the racetrack and happy to be yeah. there that he was just wailing for sound, you know. And, and yeah, right. anyway, and and uh, but as he's grown up, and I'm really proud of Chris and everything he's yeah, done, man. He's, he's a great kid, and he does a lot and, for the sport. Uh, 
And heck, I mean, you know, now he's having these races and, and this race team I got depends on Chris now, you know, to, to have these races and keep the keep the bills paid, you know. So uh so I'm thankful to have him and but just him and James Essex and you know Spencer Spencer uh uh when he started that deal, um, you know, he, he had a vision there and it, he he really turned it into something that's just stood the test of time and and you know, a lot of people could argue that the Battle of Bluegrass is basically Lucas Oil now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Link there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Pretty cool deal. And that's yeah. What it, hit on a lot last week is is he said, you know, if if the roots of the Battle of the Bluegrass didn't take place, Lucas Oil, you know, wouldn't be what it is today. Yeah. James said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He. Yeah. Awesome. He did. Yeah, and he's probably probably the foremost you know expert on the kind of the history of the sport you know oh I yeah they have to be one of them and uh that's how i remember it you know they we had they had the battle of bluegrass and that kind of spawned into wanting to go a little more national with the nara mm-hmm. and then that took roots and became a competitor to world of outlaw which become lucas got behind and all yeah. that so uh yeah. so all that stuff uh, happened in a meeting in Wayne Bowen's shop up there with uh, between, you know, Spencer and James and uh, American Racer and Hoosier and all, all parties, you know, involved there back in the day, I reckon. So I wasn't there, but that's what I heard. So it's. Uh, did, did we, did we have our Battle of Bluegrass race at, um, at Dixie? I know me and you were there. Um, if I, I remember walking around that. I think it might have been where you met. Met Stacy at, or I don't, not 100%. Yeah, there. It, was, it was, it was early there. But, yeah, it like a, the it like a stacker, stacker race or stacker or something like that, and a battle bluegrass combined or something. They had like a co sanctioned, I think it was actually NRA or NRA or whatever, and in and 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 extreme series, which was stacker two. That's how I met my wife. She was, she worked for stacker two, yeah. So, uh, for the she was, she was, uh, she was, uh, Slinging those stagger energy drinks back in the day. So, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. I remember, so, uh, I remember me and you going to the grandstands. I don't remember what it was for, but we, mm-hmm. we walked over and you were, you was over yeah. talking to her. And I was like, really? Like, we had just met there. Yeah. So that's rough about the time. And we didn't actually date for a long time after that. First time I ever met her. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, um, I said, oh, yeah. Her, yeah. yeah so, uh, but yeah, we had that. And, uh, uh, that was kind of the Dixie shootout that year, and uh, I thought I was going to win, and I I, I got to lead the. the did Bab the, did Bab win that year? Maybe. Yeah, Bab passed me and made me like it. Yeah, they're in the race. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I, you know, and I actually uh, I made that race that that down there I believe, and uh, I remember Tilly done a a story on me there, and they they it was in one of the magazines, and um they'd used some of the pictures uh from that race. Uh, I don't know Burkhoffer and all of them were you know. Mm-hmm. A bunch, bunch of good cars there. That that. Oh, was, that was another one of them seventy-five car events, you know. And, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, they they would have some big, big events. Florence uh, would always have a ton of cars, 50, 60 cars. The, the Bardstown day will be thirty minimum, and it'd always be you know fifty maybe. I would say an average forty or fifty cars. And um, yeah, just back then, you know, it wasn't there wasn't a ten thousand run every day like they are now. You know, so it was. It was like a three or ten thousand. It was a five thousand, but I mean that's mm-hmm. probably the equivalent to yeah. ten thousand. Well, some of them, them best, best I remember the like that maybe they was sevens or something, but they was 
they were good enough to attract Daryl and O'Neill and all them guys, you know. Well, you know, even CJ ran ran some of the bluegrass battle bluegrass races, and of course, I know he's a big supporter it of it, but uh, he actually raced uh, some of the races there too back, mm -hmm. you know, early. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Herb Jr. won a Battle of the Bluegrass race. Um, Herb, yeah. Let's see. I was trying to think of some of the – Jimmy Owens, of course, he won He won some, uh, I think, two Battle of the Bluegrass races. It's kind of crazy to think about all these guys, you know. Well, you, you know, you're naming off all the winners here, but, man, there are so many other guys that, that raced. Um, you had Bobby Walters. Um, yeah. They may not won every week, but still were, were tough competitors. Um, you know, Dan Deaton. Um, mm -hmm. With uh, Bluegrass Radiator. I mean, Dan had a yeah. car and he drove it. Uh, Sydney Spriggs. Mm -hmm. um, Larry Gray that just, you know, of course, recently just, just passed here. Um, uh -huh. he, yeah. he ran, you know, a lot of Battle Bluegrass races. And so there was a lot of competitors. I mean, um, and like I said, you've got, I mean, everybody had good cars back then too. I mean, but it, it was it was tough, tough field of cars to go. And I know it was for me. I mean, like I said, I didn't even win a, I won 2004 first um Battle of Bluegrass race, I'd I'd won, and that's the only one I'd won up until 2008. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, I guess my most of mine come, you know, in 2008 and 2009. Um, but I also had, you know, that's probably the best equipment that I was fortunate enough to be in, you know, mm -hmm. that time. And, and Kentucky's best sponsorship money there. That uh, <laughs> I know, like when me and Frank started racing together in 2007. I mean, we. We was a borrowed truck. Um, we borrowed trailer. <laughs> uh, I mean, we we pretty much everything borrowed. You know, it was a it was a Rayburn car. We we uh, we flipped it, wrecked it at Brown or at, yeah Brownstown, and um, that was 2007. And then we put a new car together in a week, and it lasted about three weeks. We took it down to Iceland back then. It was Mount Motor, and um, and we wrecked it. Uh, Whitney McQuarrie. That's actually we got in down there, but. That's another one. Whitney was. Yeah. Well, he, he Brian Barber did a stint there with the late models, and he was really tough with, when he was. With Clippingers. Yeah, he drove for Clippinger. Um, yeah, that, and, and I think he drove Frank's car a little bit. And, and Frank's uh, the car that I ended up, yeah, in, in there. Yeah, yep. I think he drove it at one point. And uh, yeah, Brian was like, when he, he's like about anything, even now when in these modifieds, he, when he's when he's focused on it, he's pretty hard to beat, you know, and, and at the time. Yeah. Uh, I think what happened, you take those modified drivers and give them a spoiler and some big tires, and it's real easy for them. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know about the spoiler thing. I know I know the first time I ever ran a spoiler on my mod, um, which I didn't get to race there any, uh, which much in a mod, but I went to Bargetown, and uh, I had a, a crate motor in my mod and went out there with the spoiler on there, and that thing wouldn't turn. And, and of course, my dad, he, he, he not hard on me, but he'd tell me, you're not running in there hard enough. And I said, it's wide open. I mean, I'm not afraid to run it in there. And uh, – so we qualified in the back, and I took the spoiler off the thing, and, and um, I come up through there pretty good. But for some reason that night, it was some – however you qualified the way you had to start the feature. And he insisted we put that spoiler back on there, and, and I knew it wouldn't turn. Um, so about three times hitting the wall there, I probably knocked the right front, and it laid up on the hood there. And come in, he's like, what in the world are you doing? I was like, I told you it wouldn't turn. And I had to get a ride home that night. It wasn't, it wasn't a good night. I had to ride home that night. Uh, Bartstown was a humbling track, man. It would, it would. Uh, the first time I ever went there, I didn't make the show, and I sat in the grandstands just stewing on that all night, you know. And yeah. uh, I learned to get good there, but it was, it was a humbling place. It was hard to figure out. That's why I loved it in Florence. Florence to this day, I ran, I think, second or third in the North South last year, and I could just win next year and not make the show. You just never know there, you know. It's, it's, it's tough and. All those tracks, you know, I've been all over the country, fortunate to go all over, you know, to different tracks and 
Kentucky tracks are are slick and got a lot of character in them. None of them, there's not a big track in Kentucky, so they're all just small enough that, you know, a little lesser equipment can still be really competitive, you know. And uh, so all them tracks bring out a lot of competition. And, uh, heck, man, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely, you know, I always say this about the Kentucky guys. Uh, I'll use – we should talk about Michael Chilton. You know, Michael's been really tough. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I always use Michael Chilton for an example. Uh, Michael's a wheel man. You know, he don't uh, – I ain't saying he don't know a lot about a car, but he's, he's he drives a truck every day. You know, he's not he's – not, He's not on a sprint shock dyno like those guys and and uh, Kentucky guys just take what they got and wheel it and then yeah you go to some parts I've kind of noticed when I go to some parts of the country Alabama everybody's a front end specialist right so everybody like different places <laughs> people work on different things and uh, Kentucky they don't do nothing they keep they rivet them back together and send it you know <laughs> yeah and, yeah uh, that's exactly I, think, I think the tracks allow that you know I just think up there uh, you can you can take what you got and generally make it work pretty good, you know, and, uh, and it's getting a little different now, but it's, but it's still for the most part, uh, one of the last areas that, uh, the driver, you know, means a little more than it does some places, you know, and you go to, we was over at Bristol last year. I mean, it's just all car, it's all motor, you know what I mean? Just, it's just what it is. And, um, so, uh, so those tracks up there, I think have, have had a lot of racing and they, a lot of tracks have been around for years and years and years with good followings, not only of fans, but just, you know, in the pits too, you know, there's going to be the same kind of guys filled cars for 20, 30 years. And a lot of the same fans there, I see a lot of faces that I've seen at the racetrack since I was a kid, you know? So it's cool to see that. And I just think there's just a kind of a, kind of a combination of things that lead to that. And you don't always get to see that, you know, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool, and our viewership just went up again. It must be another break at East Bay. So we we've got more people on here tonight than we've had we've ever had. So glad to see that. Of course, it makes sense. We've got Mike Marler and Victor Lee on here with us. So absolutely, um, it, it has been so much fun. Let's do let's do one more fan question real quick. And uh, so someone asked, looks like Ken Short says, "Do you guys miss the days when late model racing was much less technical and engineering oriented? Do you miss that?" Uh, go ahead, Victor. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, like I said, coming from a, from me here, um, <laughs> I, I wasn't, you know, we never had a shock dyno or none of that was ever done. I mean, you know, we boat conies on there from CJ and, and, and uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you what they, what valves they were. You know, Frank come along and I said he, he was good on the front end stuff there, um, you know, with Castor and Camber and, um, you know, I don't even think I'm a, Mike can tell you there more. That, I don't even know if you got scale out cars. I know our modified. We don't even scale that thing anymore. It's all by numbers in a sense. And um, so, yeah. and, and I said, I've, I've run some late model stuff here in, for hatchers here in the last little bit. But I mean, I'm so far behind um, from where that stuff's at. And I don't know if anybody can stay on top of it. It changes so much. And I mean, you take a guy like well, Monday night, uh, Tyler Herb won, and then last night he, he's getting lapped. You know, so yeah. Um, I can tell you that too. I mean, the guy that wins by six seconds on on one night, like I said, can't make the show the next night. So um, it just shows you how tough this sport is. And 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 yeah, I definitely wish it was back into the hands of the drivers. Um, you know, and it, of course, there people would spend money, but even back then or even now, I mean, but you still got to drive these things, and it, and it does. I mean, you still got to be a good driver. Um, but 
it's definitely a hit or miss uh, with these cars nowadays. I feel like it is more so than it used to be. I, I, I would say I definitely miss uh, I definitely miss the days of of you know it been a little more simple and been able to drive around problems better. And CJ Rayburn, he was he would always say that about Don O'Neill. He said if you don't figure out what's wrong with his car on about the third lap, you'll never know because he just moves around and kind of does some different angles and fixes whatever issue he's having, you know. And uh, so, so I definitely think that, and there's a lot of that true today. Not everybody always has a perfect car that wins races, but, but yeah, it's definitely uh, technology's, um, you know, some of it's good, right? We're, we're all getting to sit here and talk about racing together and watch, oh, yeah. and watch flow racing tonight down in Florida. So lots of it's good, but, uh, but yeah, we definitely like, like the, the drivers to be more of a player in the deal or more of a, I guess, more meaningful, I guess, in the setups, but, but it's still it's still fun, and you still, like Victor said, you still got to drive them, and you still see you know better drivers win continually. So so that's probably never going to change. But uh, it's definitely uh, pushing some people out that it ain't that people ain't smart enough; they don't have time. You know what I mean? I brought yeah. up Michael Tilton earlier. Michael runs a trucking company, and and yeah. I think he does really good at that. You know, and uh, so he's probably the smartest one. You know, he's doing that, and making a good living, and racing for fun, but. But, you know, it, it makes it harder for somebody like Michael to be competitive that can't be out there, you know, full of that stuff all the time. So, so, uh, but luckily, you know, he's a good enough driver. He overcomes it too, and he wins his fair share of them. So, so it's, it's still there that you can do it. But I would say uh, probably anybody in sport would say that they would like for that, like for that to kind of ease off a little bit. But the everyday technology of the world's pretty cool too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I'm with you. We wouldn't be sitting here doing this and, and, and this is a lot of fun being able to catch up and, and, and reflect on all this stuff. Uh, by the way, Mike, Tanner asks, why, why are you not at East Bay? Well, uh, Tanner, we, we normally, you know, we don't always go, but we've been there quite a bit. And, and just to be honest with you, uh, we looked at our tire bill this year for Florida. It was going to be 30 to 35 grand. And, you know, it's kind of hard on equipment down there and, and it's just, not really ever been my a good place for me, you know, financially. So or or winning, I've won one or two down in Florida, but uh, I've lost a lot more than I've ever won there for sure. And uh, but uh, and, and another reason why I didn't go is a combination of things. Uh, I'm gonna have a development driver this year, uh, Carson Brown. Um, they just announced that yesterday. We're gonna take him crate racing some on some of our off weekends. So we need to get him, get Carson a car built and get kind of, you know, when I start racing, I'm going to be so busy. I won't really have time to build him a car. So we need to stay back and get that car built for him. And then, uh, you know, save a little tire money and save some of our budget for, for the rest of the season. Good deal. Well, we see him at a lot of our, our Kentucky tracks, you know, Lake Cumberland, Ponderosa, Richmond, Rock Castle. We're definitely gonna gonna stay in a close radius to where I live here. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit uh, just on some mile off weekends and that that he he's got a real busy schedule. He races, uh, you know, he races legend cars, asphalt late model. He runs two or three different classes, and he he's just fourteen. He's in he's uh he's doing he's just trying to really get uh get himself established with a lot of experience here. So. So we're going to take him uh, definitely some places close. We're just honestly waiting on some of the schedules to get opened up here. I know I'm going to be able to take him to Lake Herman and Ponderosa some. I hope to get to take him to a few of these other tracks. Uh, but, you know, as this dirt racing goes, the weather weather and all that, some of that stuff changes. But, yeah, we're definitely going to be uh, right around here close. And, and uh, 
looking forward to that. You know, I've never took on anything like this before, and and it'll be uh, you know, it'd be fun getting to help him. I feel I feel like, and and I enjoy that stuff. You know, I, I it's fun to get to help somebody. And, you know, like Victor was saying there last year, I seen Victor was kind of kind of having a bad night up there uh, at uh, Florence. You know, I felt like this opportunity with Danny, you know, to drive that car was good too. So so anyway, it's fun. You know, it's it. It's it's uh you get a lot out of helping people you know so I think it'll be fun to get a take him and and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes but hopefully we'll get a race around around here close quite a bit you know I, that's one of the things I kind of said when we did the deal was you know, I travel all the time so the last thing I want to do is travel out on, on my off weekends so we're gonna stay here close and as long as he's and honestly this region I feel like is a better region to teach somebody kind of the the I don't know some some you know the, to to read the tracks. Cause you know, down he's from Carolinas and down there it's pretty much just gripped up all the time. And up here you get a little bit of everything. So, so I feel like it'll East Tennessee and central Kentucky will be some good places to take you. This concludes our number one of our conversation with Mike Marler and Victor Lee, but be sure to check out our number two as the conversation gets even better.